Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. And how many of you guys uh, in the room have kids? Anybody have kids out there? Great, so we have a few people. Anybody have toddlers in the room? Toddlers is one of our biggest age groups over there in, in Kids Point uh, today. Uh, here's what I've learned about my toddler, and if you've had kids, you get this. Uh, if you don't have kids, you will get this one day. Um, if you have a toddler, you really understand it, and it's this. They are always watching, always listening, and as you do, they do. As you say, sometimes they say, and that's all fun and games. So you're the mom that I heard talking the other day that said that four-letter word they didn't mean to say. And then all of a sudden, the child proceeded to say that the rest of the day over and over and over. And you realize that kids learn by watching. They watch, they listen, and then they do. But that never goes away. That's how you learn as well. You watch, you listen, and then you do. And this is something that even Jesus modeled, actually, when it comes to how he would lead and it comes to the life that, that he would live. He said, okay, I'm going to watch, I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to do. As we look at John chapter 5, verse number 19, it says this, Jesus gave them this answer, verily, uh, or very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees what? The father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. And so we see this picture in scripture of Jesus modeling what he sees done. And as he sees it done, he does that. And so this is something that I wanna, I wanna start from this, this place this week of this being our foundation. That in, in the Christian life, there is a way to, to look and listen and watch and then do. And I would say that's the way that God's called us to live. In fact, when you look at his disciples, right? That's kind of what he did for three years with him. He said, hey, come follow me, watch, listen, let's grow together, and then he released them to go do. And what did they go do? Well, they went into all the world loving people, making a difference in people's lives. I think the highest point in our lives is when we get to the point where we, we, we get to a point where we're just making a difference. In fact, sociologists say this about you, and you may not know this about you, but let me help you know this about you, that you are most fulfilled in life when you get to a place of what they call transcendence. And the place of transcendence is this, that you're living your life uh, from a point in which it, you feel like it matters, and more so, you feel like you're making a difference. See, you are hardwired. There is something inside of you that wants to wake up every morning and say, my life matters. Yeah. My life matters. My life counts. I'm making a difference. Nobody wants to just go to their nine-to-five job saying I'm not making a difference. Nobody wants to be a stay-at-home mom and just look at their kids and say my goal is to not make a difference in their life. No, we all want to make a difference. We all want to impact people. We all want to get to the end of our world and say I mattered. And one of the things that I've learned as I've read scripture and as I looked at the life of Jesus and as I've looked at the disciples is one of the best ways that we can make a difference and one of the best ways that we can, we can get to this point of fulfillment in our lives is to do it through love. And that sounds like a very pie in the sky kind of thing, right? Oh, love, is it that easy? Yes, it's actually that easy. Jesus said this, the greatest commandment, the greatest thing that you can do is to love me, and then guess what? Love others. 
So did you realize that one of the greatest acts that you can do in this world is to simply love? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, but then also to love your neighbor, to love your coworker, to love your family well. And so love is really what makes the difference. And so as I think about what I just shared with you that scripture of, of watch and listen and do and Jesus modeling that, I think of, okay, well, what is the best picture of love in scripture that we can see? As we look through the Bible, what defines love better than anything else? Well, 1 John 4, 8, I think, defines love better than anything else. It says this, for God is love. And so if you want a definition of love, here is a great place to start. For God is love. And he demonstrated that love in such a beautiful, beautiful way. He demonstrated that love in a way that, that you and I, I think, could never do. He demonstrated that love in a way that if you're a parent, you could never imagine. He demonstrated that love in a very familiar passage of Scripture, John 3.16. It says this, for God so loved. He so loved. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him, what? Would not perish but have everlasting life. See, there was a point in this life where there was a gap that separated us and God. The gap was caused by a thing called sin. It happened early in the Bible. In the book of Genesis, uh, uh, man sinned and it caused a gap. And God said, the only way I can close that gap is I have to send, I have to send payment for that sin. I have to close the gap by, by making it right. And the way I'm going to close the gap is I'm going to send my son. And so here God is. He stands on a mountain of decision. I can only imagine what that decision must have looked like as generations were separated from him. And that was not his plan. And he stood at Mount Everest and, and he said, this is the decision I have to make. But the decision was motivated by love, that he so loved you and he so loved me and he so loved that, you know, that, that, that man or woman or boy or girl or all that would be to come. But he said, I'll make the very hard choice of sending my son. As a father, I could not do that. As a mother, could you do that? How difficult would that be to say there is a gap in relationship and the only way to make it right is for me to give up my son as the sacrifice or my daughter as that. I can only imagine what that felt like. And the Bible says that is love. And so for God, so loved. He so loved you and he so loved me. And so what can we learn from this kind of love? And so today, I just want to preach for the next few minutes. It's going to be a short message on just, just what we can learn from that scripture. Three things that I think uh, this, this shows us a picture of when it comes to what love does. And so the first thing is this. I believe that love just sees. Love sees. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, and fell, fell short or fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages, Romans 6, 23, of sin was death. And so God in heaven, he looked down and he realized 
okay, this, this sin has separated me in relationship from the people that I love, from the people that I created. And he looked down and he saw that, that this, is a, this, is a, this is a humankind, mankind problem. He saw. See, love, love has eyes open. Love sees the problem. It doesn't turn a blind eye to it. Love sees. It doesn't turn a back to it. And the first thing we see here is a God that so loved the world and so knew that the wages of sin was death and, and, and separation that he said, I've got to do something about it. He, he saw. I think that's the first thing if we're going to love well when it comes to watch, listen, do, right? And if it's going to be or we're going to be a people that love really well, if love is the way to make a difference, the first thing as a church we have to realize is love sees. Yeah. Love sees the hurt around them. Yeah, love sees the brokenness around them. Love sees what's going on in their community. Love, love loves this city so much. That, that they invest in the city and they, they look for the tension in the city and they're looking for the problems in the city. They're not just pie in the sky. They're not just, no, they, they, they see. And so one of the prayers that I pray as a pastor in this church and as somebody that loves Louisville is God help me to see what's around me. Yeah, that's good. And so as a pastor, I wanna just help you see what's, what's around you. The census counted 6,986 homeless people recently in the city of Louisville. We have to see that. Love has to see first. There are almost 7,000 people in our city that, that are homeless, that have no place to live. And we can easily try to justify it for them and say, well, it's their own fault and they did that and they did this and they're just lazy or whatever, 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 whatever reason they got in that place when that's not our job. Our job isn't to figure out how they got there. Our job isn't to figure out why they got there. Our job isn't to figure out what they should be. Our job is first to just see them. Just see the fact that there are people in our city that don't have a place to eat and don't have a place to live and are living in tents under a bridge and people see them as a nuisance. And anyways, one in five children, one in five children um, are in poverty. A better way to put it is, is they, they have a home. They're not homeless, but they're food insecure meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming from. One in five. One in five children in our city. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. They, they, they go to school and, you know, they just hope they get the lunch. We have to see that. We have to see that there's 43 deaths per 100,000 residents from overdosing. It's more than double the national rate here in our city. In our city, double the amount of people are dying from overdose. Say, well, those are kind of extreme. Poverty, homeless, overdose. Okay, what about this? 45% of our, percent of our city is getting divorced. Wow. Saying, it doesn't matter. I quit. I mean, what are the ripple effects of that for years? People 
you know, brokenhearted, trying to figure out why somebody rejected them or what they could do differently or, you know, whatever, just the ripple effects that come with, with divorce. Top of that, even though we live in the South, whether you want to claim Louisville as the South or not, 40% of people in the city do not attend church. Wow. In the last six months, and I would say this was pre-pandemic numbers, actually, uh, that, that I have. This was from Barna pre-pandemic. I would say that that amount has grown significantly post-pandemic. So 40% say I haven't even attended church. 48% of people would say I haven't accepted Christ as their Savior. So that means one in two people that you interact with, okay, um, you know, anywhere you go, they're actually not a Christ follower. They would say maybe I, I know God, I kind of believe in God, but he's really not my, my Savior. He's really not the person that died for me. Like that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not an atheist, but that's, that's not for me. And so we, we have to see that. So the first thing love does is it just, it sees. And the principle in this point that I want us to get as a church is this, when you love someone, you see them. That's good. So I think as a church, man, I want to lead a church that, that loves really well, that they understand the best way they can make a difference in this city is to love. And love starts with seeing. And so I have this little acronym that I don't even, it's not even an acronym, this kind of like three-step process that I don't know if I heard it somewhere or whatever, but it's mine now and I've been teaching it for years. And it's just this when it comes to seeing, it's this, we've got to keep our head up. I think it's so easy in life to walk through life with just our head down. In other words, buried kind of in our own stuff. We've got to keep our head up, and then we've got to keep our eyes open. Yeah. Not just our physical eyes. These are always open, but your heart eyes. You've got to keep your head up, meaning you're not always just consumed with everything going on in your life, yeah. but your head's up. It's on a swivel. Anybody ever heard the phrase, keep your head on a swivel, right? Yeah. That your head's always on a swivel. You're, you're, you're just looking. You're waking up every day saying, God, show me. Help me see it. Help me see the coworker that's hurting. Help me see the person that's struggling. Help me see the neighbor that, that's got, you know, no joy. They used to smile and now they come out. Let me, let me, let me keep my head up so I can see it. Yeah. And let me keep my eyes open so it actually affects me. And let me keep my heart engaged. Let me put my heart in it to where when somebody hurts, I hurt. When somebody's down, I, I, I feel I'm not going to get down with them because I've got to lift them up, but I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Love sees. And so here's, here's a question I, I would just ask you is, is are you being intentional seeing? Because if we're ever going to be the church and the Lord, you're ever going to send revival. And if it's going to come, it's going to be because the people of God fulfill the greatest commandment on earth, and that's to love. Love God, but love others, and love sees. So God looked down, and he saw the need, and he said, okay, there's a need. I've got to do something about it. And So not only does love see, but love does. Love saw, there's a gap, and then love does by saying, well, I've got to do something about it. I'm going to send my Son, what a powerful picture, the greatest sacrifice anyone could ever make to say, I'll put, I'll put action behind my words. 
I'll put, I'll put heart behind what I see. So love sees and then love, love does. But here's the thing when it comes to, to love does, right? It's so easy to make what we see somebody else's problem. Or not even somebody else's problem, but, but what we see to make, make somebody else, you know, the solution for that. So, okay, I see it, but that's why we have welfare. Or I see it, but that's why we have, you know, counselors. I see it, but that's why. And those things are great. But it's easy to see something and, and, and then our action is just to pawn it off from the people that we think are experts about it, but I wonder if we're praying and if God's opening our eyes and if we're seeing it, God showed you so you could step in. Come on, that's good. Come on. That's good. See, that's what I want to pray. I want to pray, God, show me the things that you need me to see. Show me the things that you need me to do. Show me the people that I need to interact with. Show me the people that I need to have a counselor. Maybe I can't give them a million dollars. Maybe I can't get them out of homelessness. Maybe I can't help their marriage, but God, I'll see it and I will love them. I will make sure that they have a friend that's with them. Yeah. I will make sure that they have somebody to talk to. I'll make sure they're not alone. I'll make sure they're not the friend that's all alone where there's no end to their toil. But I'll make sure I see it and I do something. Do what? Whatever you can. Come on, that's good. That's good. Whatever you can. See, if all of us are doing what we can, we can make a big dent. Yeah. I think of things like, you know, homelessness, okay, or poverty. Unless somebody in this room is Bill Gates, you probably couldn't make a difference in the 7,000 people here. But I wonder if every person that loved God said, I'll play a part. And, and here's the thing, the part you play is significant, but what we're a part of is even more significant. See, because when you play your part and I play my part and people of God everywhere all over this city play their part, a bunch of small parts equals great impact. And that's, that's how it works. And so it doesn't always have to be, well, I can't do everything, so I'll do nothing. I don't think I could actually change homelessness, so I won't do anything about it. And I'm not saying everyone's called to, to eradicate, you know, like that's your job. God's probably given you a heart for something, though. And I would just say, whatever he's allowing your eyes to see because of your past hurt, your pain, whatever, the purpose and the gifting that he's put inside of you, as he allows you to see it, would you not let the fact that just because you can't be the one that ends it all or fixes it all keep you from doing nothing about it? But you'll say, I'll see it and I'll do something. I may not be able to do everything, but I'll do something. Because there's this really convicting scripture in 1 John 3.17, and it says this, if you see a brother or sister in need, and you have the means to do something about it, but you turn a cold shoulder and do what? Nothing. Nothing. What happens to God's love? It disappears. And the next part is pretty strong, okay? And you made it disappear. (laughs) 
See, when we see and then we don't act, the Bible says we become partners in eradicating something. And the something we eradicate is the love of God. May we not be a generation that's responsible for the love of God disappearing. And it was our fault. I'm determined we will not let the love of God disappear. We will not let the love of God disappear in this city. We will not let the love of God disappear at our jobs. We will not let the love of God disappear in our families. We will not let the love of God disappear from the east side to the west side, from downtown to New Lou to Fern Creek to Mount Washington, wherever you live, whatever community you're planted in, we will not let the love of God disappear. We can't. We won't. May we, may we get a backbone in us. I told Brittany a minute ago, I said, I woke up this morning. I felt like God gave me a backbone for what I was about to preach today. Just determined that we would not let the love of God disappear, that I may not be able to do everything, but I choose to do something. And so let's, let's be people responsible for the love of God being propelled. Let's be people responsible for the love of God shining brightly in a dark world. We will not let it disappear. And so here's the principle. We are the vehicles in which people encounter the love of God. You're the vehicle. You're God's plan A. You're it. Your smile is it. <laughs> Your hand that's out there not to slap but to pick up somebody is it. We will not let it disappear because I'm the vehicle. So I want to show you as a church practically how we can do this, and it's called Serve Weekend. Um, and here's the deal. I said it a minute ago. Um, we can't end all of those statistics in this room. We can't. Together, though, if every church does their part and every person of God does their part, we can make some dents. We can do some great things. We don't have to look to the government. We can be a part of the solution, right? It's like a, let's both work on the problem together, you know? Um, and so Serve Weekend is coming up. It's in two weeks. And um, it's something that, so for those of you that don't know, we launched in January, but we're a part of uh, something bigger. We have uh, six campuses in Virginia. Uh, we started 15 years ago with 50 people, and since then, uh, tens of thousands of people have been, you know, given their life to Christ. We've seen thousands of people baptized across the state of Virginia, and uh, God sent us here, uh, Jennifer and I, to, to plant what we've already been a part of, and that's the life change that we had all saw. And so over the last 15 years as a church, we've been taking time every year to strategically and purposefully serve our community. And so it's a once a year thing where we say, we want to just try to get everybody's hands on the net. Um, just, just to do something. And, and the hope is that 
that as we all step out and serve together, that we can make a small impact, that somebody could see our actions and it not build up a church. Uh, it not, it not, I'm not, we don't, I mean, we're doing okay. We don't need to fill the seats. It's not that. That's not the motivation. It's the love of God. It should just say, we're going to serve you a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. We're going to love you well. And so for years, people once a year have looked around because love sees and said, what's around me that I can just make a dent in purposefully on this day and we can all do it together, right? Because what we're a part of may seem insignificant, but when it's connected to a body doing it together, we make a big dent in one period of time. And so we do what's called Serve Weekend, where we just take a weekend to intentionally serve our city. And so we want to do that as a church the month of July and just say, for God so loved Louisville that we're here just to shine our light brightly as a church. And so um, we've asked all of our small groups, uh, so those of you that are already in a small group, we've asked all of our small group leaders to go to their small groups in the next, if they haven't already done it, within the next week, and just say, hey, um, we'd like you guys to intentionally serve together. And so we've, if you're in the small group, we've asked small groups to serve together. And I just want to thank Jay, by the way. Big shout out. Jay's leading this weekend, Serve Weekend. And so, Jay, thank you so much. So him and Denny have been asking all of our small group leaders to kind of come around that. But then we wanted to empower you as well, because we know not everybody's in a small group. And we know that you're going to see things that I may not see. And so we want to empower everyone in the church to just do something strategically and specifically on July 10th, okay? And so um, you have some cards in your seat, and it says, this little card just says serve weekend or creating a serve project is easy as one, two, uh, three, four, five. <laughs> we couldn't get one, two, three, so we added four, five. Um, but I'm only going to do one, two, and three because that sounded better on the teaching TV. Uh, but it's, it's very easy, but you got all five here. Uh, it's very easy, and here, here's what we're asking everyone to do, that over the next week from now until next Sunday, okay, that you would decide on a way that you could serve our community, that you would just do something. And it doesn't have to be huge and grand and cost millions of dollars. It could cost nothing, but you would do something to just share the love of God in our city, and share the love of God with somebody around you. And so we've, uh, we know how difficult that can be sometimes because it's hard to like figure out what to do. So we've given you a big eight and a half by 11 sheet that just gives you some ideas. And we broke it down in different things, nursing home, hospitals, special needs, you know, people in the community, uh, general ideas, outreach, colleges. And so, you know, th there's various things. Um, it could be something as, you know, as, as easy as, you know, going and buying McDonald's and dropping it off and serving it to those that are that are homeless, Kay. It could be maybe hosting a block party in your community, be delivering, you know, some fresh flowers to, you know, some residents or some front desk receptions at nursing homes. Just something to show someone that day that you love them, yeah. that you see them, that you care about them. It could be a neighbor. It could be a family member. Maybe you know a family member that's in desperate need. Uh, uh, of something, you know, let's see the need. Love sees, and then let's do. And so this is to help you see if you don't see anything. Um, but then the second part is then to, or really second and third is then to do. But we'd love to know about it because we want to help come alongside of you, be praying for you, resourcing you however we can. And so uh, number two is to register your project. Just let us know about it. And so on your little thing, it's a QR code here. 
if you scan that QR code, it will go, go to just an online form. And that online form is where you just tell us about your project. So we'd love to know, you know, how many people in our church are participating and, and what you're doing. And we want to bring all these projects, you know, to God in prayer and just say, you know, God bless these projects. Bless, you know, every person that's mowing a neighbor's grass. It could be that easy. You just say, hey, I'm going to gather a few people and we're going to, you know, that yard down the street that's always overgrown. We're going to take it. We're going to get some mulch. We're going to pull some weeds. We're going to mow it. We're going to take care of them, you know, and let us know about it. And then number three, I want you to do this. Um, don't serve alone. And so there's probably somebody in this church, I hope, okay? Maybe it's your first time here. You don't know anybody, but here's my hope, okay? That before you leave, you'd know somebody. Uh, that you would find maybe a person in the church. They're a person beside you or next to you or behind you, and you'd do it with them. That, that maybe a couple of you guys would tag team. You'd find a friend, you know, or maybe it's a family member that, you know, you know has a heart for serving. Say, hey, come alongside and serve with me. But we'd like to make sure nobody's serving alone. And so decide on a project over the next seven days between now and next Sunday. Fill out the form and register it. And then on July 10th, so Saturday, July 10th, serve. It's that easy. Just serve. And maybe you're like, I'm on vacation that week. All those on vacation that weekend, just serve the week before. Do something. Just pick a day. And here's what we're asking. We're asking like that 100% of our church participates in this. Because together we can do so much more than just on our own. And so we can make a splash, okay, on a day if we're all doing something. Versus if a couple of us just decide to do it every now and then. And so would you join us in just intentionally sparking something that day in our city that just tells the enemy we're here to love. We're going to see and we're going to do. And it would be something that sparks inside of you what I'm talking about today. See, ultimately, that's what I'm doing, right? See, when you preach a message like this, it's one thing to inspire people. It's another thing to give them a way to do it. <laughs> so today, I want you to hear what I'm saying, but then actually have a plan to do something. So that's what today is. It's here's what God says, but let me help you put it into your life and show you how you can do it. And then you get to choose how you continue to do that for a lifetime. Um, there's also going to be one other project that we do. And so we, we like to make sure that as everyone's doing their projects, there's also something that we can come together to do together. And that's very family friendly, friendly and can make a dent. And um, we want to sow into a big way. And so we're partnering with Lifeline Christian Ministries on July 10th. Um, Jay, what, what hours is that going to be? From 10 to 2. They're in Jefferson Town. And what they do is they pack meals for the people of Haiti, okay? And so uh, they, they mix food, they weigh it, and then they seal it, and then they box it all together and pack meals. And so it's our way to also be global uh, focus as well. And we've actually committed $5,000 to them to just say, hey, we want to buy the food, not just pack it, but we want to pay for the food we're packing. And so uh, we don't have to take up anything special today. Your generosity's already paid for that. So those you give... Thank you. You're already serving. Your gift is already making a difference. And so we bought $5,000 worth of food. We just need help packing it. Um, and so that day, you can sign up from 10 to 2 to come help us pack. And so maybe you can do something in the morning with a group of people, and then you can follow it up and come serve that afternoon. And if you can't, you know, if you're like, hey, I can't figure out a project or this is an individual project is difficult for you, just come and serve with us from 10 to 2. And let's all get 
you know, or hands on the net. And this is a great one for kids. So if you have, like, I'm, I'm going to this one. I'm going to bring my little boy. We've been packing seeds uh, and doing meal packing for years as a church, and it's always really fun. I remember when he was one years old, uh, sitting there, you know, playing. I think more seeds were getting on the floor than they were in the bag, um, but, but he was a part of it, and he remembers it. And so we want to do that uh, as a church, and so that's that. So that's it. Love, love sees, uh, and then, then love does, and then lastly, and Chris, you can come up, and I'll, I'll wrap this up. When he starts playing, it makes me talk faster to end. Cause... <laughs> so uh, the last is this. There's a principle in, the, in Scripture all throughout um, that I think is, should be refreshing to you, and it should not be your motivation. Um, but love sees and love does, and then lastly, love receives. Love receives. See, it's a, it feels like a backwards principle that as you give, it's given back to you. But as God gave his only son, he got back sons and daughters for a generation, for generations. As he gave, it was given back. That love gave, but love also received. And so I just want to encourage you that as you do this, as you serve, as you, as you decide to live a life on mission, saying, you know what? I'm going to love my city. I'm going to love the people that God has put in my life. I want to give you a promise you can hold on to. That as you love well, you in turn will be loved. This is not like give a dollar, get 10 back. No, this is as you give, it will be given back to you. So kindness, kindness will be reaped. So generosity, generosity will be reaped. So forgiveness, forgiveness will be reaped. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 19, 17, I believe it says those that lend to the poor. No, whoever is kind to the poor, it lends to the Lord. So whoever sows good things to the poor, poor in spirit, poor in joy, poor in finances. This is, this is, this is just impoverished. This could be the person that has no joy in your job. They're poor in spirit. They're lacking joy. Those that, that is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. So the principle is this. Those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's a scripture, by the way. I should have put the reference. And so here's the challenge that I have for us as a church. Let's make a difference together. Let's make a difference together. Let's let our light show shine brightly in this city. Let you in on a prayer that I think maybe we've kind of kept private. We've, we announced it kind of early in the early days to the church, but a prayer of Jennifer and I's when we moved here to Louisville. It was crazy because we weren't from here, but we couldn't get here fast enough kind of thing. Um, and the prayer was this, and maybe it's a little selfish, but it comes from, from the right place, and it's just, God, let us be a, let us be a church that if for some reason we cease to exist, the city would take notice. 
Let us be a church that, that loved so well, that made such a difference, that did what I'm talking about today. And if God forbid the doors of this place were shut down and we could never have another service, the community would take notice and say, what happened to those people? What happened to Life Point Church? It's not because I want my name to be in lights or whatever. It's just that I, I want to make a difference. I want to lead people who want to make a difference. And I know you want to make a difference. So let's make a difference with people who want to make a difference and let's do it together. And let's ensure as a group, as a people, as a church, we will not let the love of God disappear. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in here today. And you've been far from God. You came today. Today's your first Sunday. There's so much work to get here. You're a little nervous about whether you even wanted to be here. Somebody invited you. You heard about it. You were scrolling through Instagram and saw it on an ad and thought, I need to check that out. See, whether it was an invite or whether it was an Instagram, it wasn't just those things that got you here. The Bible says it's the spirit that draws men unto him. So you're here today because God perfectly positioned you for this, created this moment for you. For you to not just know about him, but to know him and have a relationship with him. Today's message couldn't be more perfect for you because it's the gospel so clearly defined. That God loved you so much that he saw you. Saw you in your hurting, saw you in your need, saw you in your brokenness. And sent his son Jesus to pay the penalty of our sin. As Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin are death. But God loved you so much that you didn't have to pay that wage. Loved you so much that he gave his son Jesus for you and for me. See, love saw you, but love did something about it. And today, now you get to receive. You get to receive the love of God so you can begin giving it out to the world around you. See, you'll never be more fully alive. You'll never live a life that feels like you're making a difference in this world till you receive a love that makes all the difference. And God is love. So if that's you today and you are like, you know what? I think God brought me here for a reason today. I'm supposed to receive that love. I want to give you an opportunity to do so. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to point you out, call you out, make you stand. Nothing weird's going to happen. I'd just love to know who you are because I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you and just believe God for great things in your life and believe that today can be the 180 where your life changes. So if that's you today and you'd say, you know what, I, I'm ready to receive the love of God. I'm ready to enter into relationship with him. I want to ask, nobody looking around, you just slip up a hand. Just long enough I can see your hand. You can put it down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for the courage to do that. I saw each of your hands and I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm believing great things for you. I don't know what you walked in here with today. I don't know what you need today. I don't know what you've been struggling with today. But I want you to know that God sees you. And today God's ready to do something about what you've been feeling. And it's to fill you with a love that will change everything. 
And so right now, if you slipped up your hand a minute ago, would you just believe this in your heart? Would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I receive you. Today, I give you my life in exchange for the love that you have for me. Make me a new creation. Make me fully alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Hey, can we put our hands together for those that made a decision today? Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.